You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Ezra Lawrence. Hey, how y'all doing? Ezra Lawrence, nobody calls me that. It's really Ez, easy tell them. Find me on Instagram at easy underscore tell them. Find me on Snapchat at easy tell them, no underscore. Sorry to use your platform to promote myself, but I got to get these follows up. Fucking use that shit right in the beginning. He rode me like a stallion, sir. And let me Thank just you. let me just say that's a bold move, and I I will can I will commend you for that. I don't do that for a lot of people, but that that was very very bold and quick quick throw in your way. Also, you use AOL. Did has anybody ever questioned you? Because immediately you're like, send it to this email, and I look and it says AOL, and I got just flooded back with a whole bunch of kind of horrific memories of starting up my grandmom's computer, and all I'm hearing is that I'm like, oh shit! Everybody gives me shit for it, but like literally, I don't do nothing on that. Like my school emails, where I do everything, that's just where. I get my, like, fucking bills and shit, so it's easier to spot stuff out on that one. Yeah, we all got spam emails, bro. I got an email for nothing but where I sign up to make an account at a porn site. It's like, why do I got to make an account? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go. I'm not going to fucking buy anything. I don't want to sign up for your membership deals. Do no, I? you're not signing up for the membership? Why would you sign up for a membership at a porn place? How, dude, I guess. it's the whole it reason. Look, it's the whole reason why a porn shop there's still some out there, but now that people can get it at home, you don't feel the creepiness of having to go into a place and talk with the weird guy behind the counter and then pass the beaded curtain. Like, what the fuck are the beads for? Man, it's a set the mood. Man, I'm telling you. This guy. This everybody, guy. Need to, everybody need to subscribe to one porn site. At least one. Because I know y'all all got one that you like. Me? Is that I'm your back- life statement? I'm a backroom casting cows person. Okay. Every Monday at 9 a.m., I know there's going to be a new quality backroom casting couch video. So around 9.15, I'm going to beat it, shower, and then go to class every Monday. You have a you have a plan. Yeah, I wake up knowing, hey, let me see what backroom looking like today. Okay. That, I, I can respect that because I plan mine out too a little bit. Um, I work out so much, I, I naturally burn off all my testosterone. But like sometimes I'll have to do it just out of necessity. Like it's been four months. I probably need to at least like at least just play with it down there for a little bit. Um, so, I'll, you know, I'll plan it out. I'm like, hey, nobody be home at this time because I'm going to get freaky. <laughs> And like, you know, like if anybody leaves the house, if anybody in my family goes out of town, my fucking mom, anybody knows to put down something on the furniture because I'll walk around the house naked. I don't care. Hey, I that's, feel you. that's my time to relax. You know, they'll put shit on the couches. I don't like the whole plastic on the furniture type thing. It's like, it's a fucking couch, you know, oh, oh yeah, that's but they're nice like, thing. nobody wants their bare ass on a couch. I'm like, I do. I like that freedom and mobility. I like knowing that on a Saturday or something on a day off I have, I can come downstairs. It's only me in the house for the whole weekend or something. I can come downstairs and be free. Yeah. Gotta love that feeling. No, there's, I swear. It's like people talk about, you know, meeting God, all these type of religious. I mean, I had that one day coming downstairs, eating a bowl of raisin bran on my couch naked. There's no better feeling. That you, that's the best feeling? That's a, I swear to you. I mean, if I could trade that moment in anything for my life or anything that I could want a million dollars, anything of this, no, that, that feeling of having that good time, just eating a bowl of some crunchy ass raisin bran with a, you know, you got the, you got the cereal box out in front of you, the milk beside you, you got the bowl in front of you, you're watching TV, whatever you want to watch, and you're just free mobility. You know what? You might not be wrong. I live by myself, so I'll be just naked. You got that. You got that inspiration anywhere you want to go. You can do yes. that whenever you want. You got that freedom of mobility. So I know we just took a huge tangent, which I love. But what do you do professionally, man? What do I do professionally? Unlike my boy Eric, who you've had on, 
I am still slumming it out in college. Uh, 24th, this is my senior year. It's my fifth year at school, but I've been in school since 2013. Took two years off. So I'll just be doing my school shit, work UPS part-time, grinding. So what are you trying to study? Uh, business management with a minor in international finance. Oh, damn. That was a bigger title than what I went for. I went for school for chemical dependency originally and then ended up diving into the world of psychology because I had a fascination with the human mind, mostly because it seems like any person as a therapist or someone that is interested in psychology suffers from a mental disorder themselves. Um, I like a lot about people. I don't like the people we see every day in public. Uh, Those people are what I call false people, mostly because they're not the loving person you get to have in a nice conversation. So what about business management did you really want to go under? Is this just something you thought like, hey, let me get this because it seems like if I just put this on my resume, it's going to give me a lot of credits or is this something you're actually interested in? Um, I wanted to open up my own business since I was like 18, 19. When I first went to school, I started out in fucking physical therapy, learned I hated science and didn't want to take any science, realized that was going to be too much science. So I immediately switched. Always wanted to open up my own business. Scouting high school athletes, getting them scholarships to college because I used to play football back in the day in school. So I wanted to do that. Couldn't just go to the bank and get a loan. They want you to have a degree. They want you to have some experience before they hand you money to start a company because they need to make sure you're going to make them that money back because it's a scam. So I came to college, the biggest scam on earth, and took business management up. And then about a year ago, a year and a half ago, after being three years deep in this shit, I was told I needed to have a focus or a minor if I ever wanted a real job. And me being a logical person I am, I was like, fuck. Everybody's got a business management marketing or administration degree. I'm going to go get something creative. And then I saw we offer international finance. And I was like, that's going to let me work at an offshore bank, audit for big companies. That's going to give me some fucking money. Look, so I don't need to do what I want to do, which is open up my own business and I got to work for somebody else. I'm going to go make some fucking money. I can respect that because I think what the best part about making a resume is you get to see all your kind of achievements in a way, but also things I think when as an if I was an employer, I would try and do it a little bit differently, mostly because I'm a different person. I would try and look at the resume and see what things kind of stood out and made the person more interesting. I find that if you look at a lot of people's resumes, it's all the same kind of nonsense. And it seems like if I got someone with a billion degrees and all these types of things on my in my on my desk in front of me. Honestly, I'm not going to be any more willing to hire them for my company than I would if it was just a person that has a better attitude towards what the job they're joining up for. Like yeah. the problem with a lot like of the education system is, I think that if you hired people um or taught or gave people the opportunity to learn something they were interested in like college can do, you'll find a lot more people that are willing to put in the effort no matter how hard it gets. So if I was owning a company and someone came up to me and they had a passion for video games, am I going to look at the video game designer that spent eight years in college doing that? I'm going to look at his resume and be like, well, he's obviously a good choice. Or am I going to look at the person that has the full background and understanding and also the imprinting of it from a child playing video games all the time where it's basically his life, you know, has a caring and wantingness and knows all the basic facts about the basic old school video games to the newest ones. I'm going to look at that kid and say, this kid has a better motivation and attitude towards my company rather than the other person that is, has a bunch of degrees, but he knows that he's worth something. I think when we hold degrees and stuff of this sort, it's false worth. It doesn't mean shit to me. Oh, people, it means nothing. People send me their degrees to get on my podcast. I'm like, don't fucking say, I don't look at that shit. They you know send what? you their degrees to get on your podcast. Hey, I might be a good guest. Do you think this counts? I'm a business financial major and I also have this diploma, this diploma, this diploma. They send me a bunch of stuff. I'm like, bro. <laughs> It's conversation. Oh, yeah, that's goofy. I'm like, look, it's conversation, man. I liked, I'm glad you think my podcast is like some type of thing where you have to sip tea with your pinky out, but it's really not. It's taking the time. I will have a logical conversation with somebody, but I also like to shoot the shit. 
It's, it's, it's taking the time to have a conversation with somebody you've never met before, whether uh, a lot of people you get to know, like probably you did at first too, before your friend told you his experience on it was like, what is this dude about? What is this guy about? Is he into this? Is he into that? Did you not have those thoughts running See, through your head? I thought about this and I thought about looking into what you did and shit. I even threw you a follow on Instagram. I'm not going to lie. I was supposed to unfollow you because you didn't follow me back and I'm petty. Never got around to it because I got busy and forgot about it until just now. So well, I'm probably gonna get back on that. But now, that we got that, now that we got that out the way, that's um, that's my professional page. I don't I don't use that to follow anybody. I, I think I, I follow you. like basic stuff just to, uh, so my my news feed has something in there. Instagram's like yeah. you need to follow something. I'm like, if I'm gonna follow you, it's gonna be on my own personal. But but it, you, we don't follow anybody off the Porch Talk podcast either. I'm just fucking with you. Um, I, I got you, but nah. I was going to look into your shit, but I was like, because Eric told me it was like a just free-flowing conversation, go with the flow, this and that. So I was like, I don't need to look at his shit then. I'm going to just get on the joint and talk to him. Exactly, dude. It's all it's about. Like, it goes anywhere. Um, the thing with my conversations are you skip one minute into a podcast of mine, you fucking missed half the shit already because we're on a different subject than what we were talking about initially. It goes left and right, whether we're talking about AOL or whether we're talking about business management. It's about these things that people are interested in. And it's also about taking the time to get to know one another. See, the funniest thing is we hold degrees in society today as something that has to prove your worth. And it does not prove jack shit. It proves you went to school and you got a piece of paper with your fucking name on it. Now, that is, it does help in some regards when it comes to getting a job. But once I got my college degree for my associate's degree or anything, you know what they told me when I went to go apply for for a job? We need you to come back with a bachelor's. Exactly. You know what they and said? And then you go get that bachelor's. What is it next? I, it's a major. We can, more, we can make more money. I need you to go get a master's. I need you to go get a master's. What's after that? <laughs> oh, well, try and get your PhD. Well, where's the fucking line? When? No. In my room, I can tell you the order of how I have all my degrees lit up on my wall. It goes at the very bottom, my college diploma. Above that, my ordained Church of Bacon minister license. That's fucking right. I hold that above my diploma. You know what's above that? My above my uh, ordained minister's license is the Church of the Latter Saint Dude, the cult of dudism from the movie The Big Lebowski. Because I look at those pieces of paper and I'm like, I put all that time and effort. And technically now it means nothing because in this world today, this progressing moving forward, that doesn't mean shit anymore. Back in the day when a high school diploma was enough to get you a good job. Yeah. Now that ain't now that's not the lifestyle anymore. Kids growing I up. I tell my friends. I tell my friends all the time, I'm gonna get this degree because that what that's what mom wants. I'm gonna rip this shit and go do what I wanna do. Cause nobody gives a fuck, honestly. Dude, when I graduated, I literally told them, I was like, you're going to put that degree in the wall? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, I did it for you. And they're like, you should have did it for yourself. I was like, no, because that doesn't hold any entitlement to me. That doesn't yeah. prove my self-worth. What People are trying to prove themselves, whether it's the money they have, the cars they own. Yeah, it's nice to have nice shit. But honestly, if someone offered me a million dollars, I probably wouldn't really honestly know what to do with it. I wouldn't want to spend it. Obviously, you have things you want to buy right now, but I have money saved up, but I don't ever spend it because there's no point. There's no fucking point to it. It's paper. It's not, it, it, yeah, we use it to buy nice shit, but it's literally created a system that we all structure our lives on. To get anything in this world, you have to have money. You oh, absolutely. Something. And it's like, why... I don't charge people to do a podcast. I remember my cousin was trying to turn this into a business platform. Dude, you could charge people um, on the boardwalk in Ocean City to, you know, sit down with you and have a conversation for now. Why the fuck would I charge someone just to tell me their thoughts and just give me a conversation? Yeah. If anything, like I'm, I'm being needy by asking people to be on, but it's the same concept of we can take the time to get to know one another. Nobody has to look at degrees. I hold the value of you treat me with respect, you will get respect back. Yeah. As a society, I hope we're not at the point where at an hour, hour 15 conversation that you can schedule out in the free time, we've got to charge each other for it. 
Yeah, it's about going to be an extra $30 every 20 seconds. Have you ever gotten into one of those phone calls online before when you were a kid? What calls? I got a call one time where I didn't know they were charging me for each minute. I was on the conversation to the point where like my grandma's like, how long have you been on the phone? I'm like, I've been on the phone for about 25 minutes. She's like, that's a fucking, that's a dollar a minute, motherfucker. And slams the phone right on the hook. I'm like, what? I didn't know. Like that was a collect call. About, like, why? Why are you doing this to me? Yeah, no, that's some fuck shit. I'm like, look, I just figured out how to turn AOL on. I just figured yeah. out that. That 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 took a twenty minute process, and now my brain scrambled. So I'm trying to get her. See, that's something you don't really get a whole lot anymore either. You get people like actually physically calling you to sell you stuff. Now you just get machines. Yeah, I hate those things because they always hit me at the worst unexpected times. I'll be taking. I hate those, but there's nothing I hate worse than the people who still do like the in person door to door selling you shit. When did you had someone do that? I'll, mine's only Girl Scout cookies, and I'm oh, just like, no, I'm not fucking, buying that shit. All the time, especially over the summer, they'll come like knocking your door because they're selling like fucking um, what is it called? The shit to repel insects around to like keep the insects away from your coming in your home for like the summer, or the niggas who are trying to like do tree work around your house, or they're doing grass in the yard in the neighborhood, so they're trying to get everybody. And they come knock on the door at 8 a.m. to try to, like, put you under their business. And I'm like, bro, like, I respect your hustle, but I don't want to be waking up at 8 o'clock to tell somebody no. Yeah. Honestly, it's why a lot of people don't answer the door anymore. Oh, that's 100% true. It's weird because I always hear people say, like, I answered the door and then there's this guy in front of me. I'm like, you do not own a door that has, like, a hole that you can see through or you don't have a window where you can look out and see who's knocking on your door before you open it up. Like, I never understood so many, like, you hear on the news, he opened up his door and what he was greeted next with was a gun. I was like, do you not have anything to fucking tell you who's, like, you just randomly open up the door? I actually experienced this today at my hotel. I went to go deliver towels to a room that a woman called for and her little daughter opened up the door and you know what she immediately the little daughter goes uh mom and the mom's in the bathroom you just open up the door for anyone uh and she goes looks open up the door and sees me and i'm like well she's not i mean it, that was wrong what she did but she is at a hotel so i mean you did call for yeah. towels and here's towels and she goes yeah but she she, she just thinks about a hotel she can open up the door for anyone and i'm just like i get that but luckily i'm not a serial killer I'm yeah, it's like that. your luck today it's just me yeah i'm ju- i'm sorry i'm not domino's pizza i always tell people that like they'll i'll mm. knock on the door they'll go who is it and i'm like in my head i'm like you just called two seconds ago for towels who do you think it is <laughs> but then i in reality i just say domino's pizza and they go oh shit and they open it up i'm like hey here's your towels they're like oh i thought you're the pizza guy i'm like did you order pizza and they're like no i'm like did you just expect Domino's? It's like, oh, you yeah, want like, what? free pizza? No, that's just nuts. I always find it the funniest things is in those little like those interactions you get with people, man. Like, I mean, those are some of the times like the one of the funniest moments that you, you got to crack a joke on, dude, because there's a lot of funny stuff about the world today. Like whether the way it's running or just the weather, the stuff we choose to have faith in. I'm not talking yeah. about religious faith, but the things we hold so damn accountable, such things like degrees and all these things like money. Like it's just paper, man. But it, it does run a big factor into our lives. You're not wrong. It absolutely do. So what types of things, I mean, because I know I had your buddy on and we talked, his the podcast about Porch Talk, where it's really just shooting the shit, like if you're on your for, front porch, you know what I mean? That's a yeah. wonderful concept. Like, wh- where did you kind of decide, like, in your life, like, that there's stuff, like, what types of things stick out in your mind or things that you come across in life that you really either grind your gears or just makes you question? Um. I'm real big on the whole black activist, Black Lives Movement shit. I'm deep into politics, especially the Democrats right now. Just All right. making more shit I'm, together. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive down this road with you because um, I come from a good standing when it comes to uh, you know uh, indifference and culture as well. I'm very cultured, even though I am white. Um, but I, I, I've talked to people from both sides of that spectrum. Um, my understanding of it, uh, obviously I've been a minority my whole life. And I know saying that to you, you're like, how do you know what a minority is? Well, 
I'll give you, I've always felt out of place. I've always been picked on um, as a kid, whether I was just even people that I thought were friends. Um, it's where I developed my fitness habit. But also, I'm a minority in my everyday job as well. I work at a hotel and the dominant uh, race there is Latino or black. And it really, really sucks for me because I build up after three years, I can still get cussed at in another language. I can still, it seems like that race barrier gets built back up every single, single day. And, but I've seen these people in their good times. They've helped me in good times. They've, you know, I've seen the kindness and sharing and losing the sense of kind of what we would call um, comfortability, where I feel comfortable just being around people. It's not really about the race that defines me. I've heard things from my college, um, like kind of prospectors, the ones that want me to define, like my guidance counselors that want to be like, would you prefer to go to this college where it's an all white school called Salisbury University? Shout out to them. Starbucks <laughs> on the front campus. That's how white you guys are. Or would you like to go to University of Eastern Shore? I'm like, well, what's that one? I've never heard of that one. Well, they pay you to go there, but I don't think you'd be comfortable. Well, why wouldn't I be comfortable? Well, you're going to be a minority. Okay, I want to go to that one. Okay, are you sure? Are you sure? I'm like, first of all, you're saying that school's going to pay me to go to their school. Yeah, I, def yeah. I definitely, I definitely want to fucking do that one and save save money rather than spend money to go to an all white campus. And also, why do you immediately assume that I'm going to be more comfortable around people that have the same skin color as me? Don't you understand that skin color is just is something that we choose to let define us. I choose to let a person's actions define us. Now saying that, that doesn't mean I'm not trying to speak like Martin Luther King of some sort, but I'm trying to talk as we're all human. We're all people down to our core. We all have, you know, if you treat me with respect, I'll treat you with respect back. But from podcasting with a guy where he was telling me that people that are being born now of the white generation needed to pay reparations to people of a colored uh, race only on the basis of, of the things that they had to go through back in the day. I'm like, but that's not of their fucking fault. Yeah, that's, it's not a logical thing to say. Um, a lot of people were like too woke, try to buy into that notion. It's, it's an ignorant notion. And here's why I think it's an ignorant notion. Yeah, maybe, maybe, probably, probably, definitely, my ancestors were slaves at some point. Somewhere down the line, you're going to find ancestors. Hey, so were mine. Hey, my family's, yeah. my family's from Baltimore. I guarantee you, anybody that puts ketchup on their fucking eggs was probably a slave at one point. Yeah, they, they were impoverished. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 200, 250 years ago, that, it happened. The issue with that is that was 250, 100, 150 years ago. So, like, at this rate, I can't charge you for past debts you got nothing to do with. So we got to just, me personally, I'm going to just go about my life with a clean slate, treat everybody like a decent human being until they don't treat me like a decent human being. And if that don't happen, then we have no problems. As long as we can be cool, I talk to you, acknowledge you, you talk to me, acknowledge me, no, no disrespect seen on my behalf. Now, I don't have an issue with you, white, black, Latino, none, Asian, none of that shit. It doesn't really matter because we all just people at the end of the day. Exactly. So, is, honestly, some of the best people I've ever met have not been white, to be 100% honest. You're the most caring, the most loving people. I, I swear to God, I live religiously. I don't eat a lot of red meat. I don't eat a lot of this because I'm a fitness freak. But there is a barbecue run by an elderly black family, and I swear to God, it's the best fucking barbecue I've ever eaten in my entire life. I would choose that over any Ruth Chris Steakhouse, any type of Gordon Ramsay bullshit. I'm sorry, but I yeah. swear to God, I sit down. They're like, what you want to eat, honey? I'm like, ah, what's good? They're like, well, everything's good. What do you want? And I'm like, can you just make me a plate of whatever you think I would want? They give you so much to the point where you're like, I don't think I can eat this. And like, well, take some home, take some to your family. Look, I have someone at my work. His name is Darrell. He is known as my black dad because he literally has given me some of the best advice. He tells me to call him that because he treats me because I'm his kid's age. Yeah. He's like, dude, he's like, you're just because he understands that there is a bit of a race discrimination at my work when it seems that 
like I just get in trouble for everything, even though I'm doing everything right. But if I slip up, I get called out because I'm different than everybody. But everybody's got their own cliques, their own groups. Everybody sticks around this people that look the same as them. And I understand that. Okay. I get that. It's a comfortability factor, but immediately I never had that sensation, that thing inside of me that was like, I feel uncomfortable around these people because I've been uncomfortable around everyone. I'm a little bit different based on I'm very, very hyperactive. I suffer from ADHD. Now I use it to my benefit, but it's never put me in a normalized situation where I can sit in a classroom. I've always been seen as a little bit of a weirdo or a freak because of the amount of energy I've had. And I've only learned to groan into it as an adult. And just having conversations with these people and being able to experience and learn about their culture, learn about their heritage. Freaking, I know when Cinco de Mayo is rather than I care about more about Christmas. No, I know more about their holidays than I do, you know, my own, you know, and it, that, that's, that's funny because they still celebrate those holidays. It's, that's the thing. We choose to make it stigmatized, race, all these types of things. When we choose to hold that so damn accountable, just ignore it. It's not a thing. It doesn't mean anything. Am I going to not talk to someone that I could have a connection with if they're wearing a Ravens jersey just because they're a different skin color? Hell no. I'm going to talk to them because I know that's good conversation. That's someone I'm interested in knowing. It's about taking the time. I think it's more about having the essential human nature caring side to all of us that we do have, but we've adopted a type of comfortability and surround yourself with like individuals. Yeah, I'd agree. It's pretty much that for the most part. I mean, it's crazy because paying reparations, if you're being born now for stuff that happened back in the day, no, (laughs) the problem is though, I can see from their side, like I said, I I try and see everything open-minded and try and see it from both sides. So I have to bring in his point as well. There was never an apology. There was never an apology for things, and now they feel like they haven't had that, and the people should be apologizing. But the problem is, when we look for that apology, we hold that in the now still. The, yeah. See, the, the, the cool, the, not, I wouldn't say the coolest thing, but the, the best way of your seeing stuff get done was there was two ways of getting rights for African-American individuals, okay? There was the Martin Luther King way, the passive way of doing it, and then there was the Malcolm X way. They both had good ways of doing it and both ways of getting the same message across, but in different aspects, one taking an aggressive route and one taking a passive route. Now, I, I've studied heavily into this. I mean, hell, I've, I've dated colored girls before. Honestly, that's probably the majority shout out, whatever. You want to give me that respect title, whatever. It was just because that's who I liked. I wasn't going to define or let a race define who I liked. If I thought they were hot, I dated them. If I had a bonding with experience with them, I dated them. That's what happens. Now, we choose to let this stuff hold us down. And I don't agree with it because I believe, you know, they are that fuels people, but also it's a little bit of an uneducated way of looking at things because it, it sucks. You read about history, you hear about the horror, horrific shit we did, but nobody talks like, you know, Dave Chappelle's special, yeah. uh, Sticks and Stones. That was a fucking amazing special. And, all, and a lot of people came out and said that wouldn't have happened if he was white. They wouldn't, he, he, if he was white, it would have been a whole different, it would have been, a, he would have been immediately taken off Netflix, everything. And he just got away with it because he was a different color. That's true in the society we have today. I don't understand why we're living by these notions and why we can't just look as humor as humor, whether it's a joke you choose to laugh at. If it, you don't laugh at it, then that, okay, that joke wasn't for you. It doesn't mean it's not meant for somebody else out there. That's... Yeah, that's what it is. It's not meant for everybody out there. But let me touch on, you were talking about how they want the, how the apology never came. Just to me, how I was raised, where I'm from, I don't give a fuck about the apology. Me and my boys, we don't give a fuck about the apology. Most people I know who are like plugged into this shit, the movement, whatever you want to call it, the culture, whatever you're calling it, they don't actually give a fuck about that shit. Because an apology at this rate wouldn't mean anything. Because it's somebody who didn't have anything to do with it apologizing for something they didn't have anything to do with. So to me, the people who are like beating the tables and trying to get shit pushed forward so they can get apologies and they, they can get reparations. They just want something out of to it. To me, they kind of pussy in my eyes. 
Like, this is America. Everybody born with an opportunity. And, like, my parents always tell me, nobody's going to hand you that shit, so you got to go take it. Especially being a minority in America, you got to automatically wake up and think, I'm going to be better than everyone else in here at whatever I want to do. So, to me, it's kind of pussy of you to have that mindset like, oh, I want an apology. I want a handout, this and that, this and that. And now we're set behind and we're never going to be as good as them because we didn't get our reparations or we didn't get an apology. We just had a black president. We got black senators in Congress, man. We got black engineers, doctors. We doing fine without the apology. So they got to move on from that shit. Yeah, I I think it's, I wouldn't, you know, I agree with you 100%. I just think when it comes to things of this sort, um, when you talk about, we all want handouts now. Nobody wants to work hard for anything anymore. Um, whether it's, I'm not saying everybody, but most people nowadays where this hate culture comes from, it's because people want to get offended so they can get a free pass for something. How many times do you try and do something and someone, maybe you're going right in this world, you're doing something right with your life, or you're getting something for yourself, you're getting a little bit of popularity, you're getting something like you just had a, uh, a whatever, something happened. And next thing you know, you get a bunch of people messaging you, man. Hey, man, you mind if I do this? Hey, man, can I hop on that? Hey, man, you, everyone's trying to hit your ride. Everyone's oh, trying to get on there because nobody wants to work for it anymore. And this is where you see hate culture start to spark because a bunch of people are starting to complain about something they really don't care about only because it's going to give them a little bit of a piece to get on to something that they want to do because they feel like they're not able to do it on their own. When you start sparking that up, that's where you see all these troubles start to arise. Yeah. Look, I, have you ever seen Lavelle Crawford's comedy special? No. Nah. Um, on Netflix. It's really funny. But D.L. Huey has the same thing. He talks about all the struggles of growing up in a black family and all these types of things like nobody knows that i'm like that's not the struggles of a black family that's the struggles of poverty i went through that i'm not black i went through that i had a crack in the fucking microwave where you had to run to the other room when you heated something up like i had a bunch of shit it wasn't about anything like that i was i had a mom that worked two jobs you know i, I there was times you had to learn when you got off the bus stop you ran in your house and you locked up that fucking house like it was fort knox like you made sure you didn't open up the door for anybody unless it was her when she came home at the exact time she tells you she was getting off work okay you made sure you didn't answer the door you didn't ask for shit you didn't do anything that i'm pretty sure every kid at least that grew up like how i grew up got the briefing before they went into the grocery store don't even bring that shit up that stuff still gives me anxiety today where she's like i don't want you looking at anything I don't want you touching anything. I don't want you asking for anything. He was saying it in his comedy special and everything I was laughing at. And it didn't mean I had a black childhood. It means I was, I, I had a, a poverty childhood. I had a childhood where I, sorry, I didn't get everything handed to me, but I learned to grow from that. I learned to turn it into something where I became a very independent person today, where I learned to work hard for what I have. I learned to build up and save my money. So I'll be able to purchase things. And you'll see, you're seeing that happen a lot more nowadays. People say, Oh, I live in the ghetto. I live in this. No, you live in an area of poverty. You don't, it, it, the poverty doesn't correlate to a certain race because any race can undergo it. It's about experiencing hard times. We relate it to a race because that's the dominant color or whatever that relates to that situation. And that's obviously based on stuff that happened through history, but it doesn't mean you can't rise out of it. What I think is everyone likes to think because there are a certain thing, they can't be affected by this because it doesn't affect them. No, it does. It affects everyone. Oh, absolutely. And I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to come at it from a logical standpoint and also a relating standpoint. Hopefully I'm not coming off like an idiot. I mean, if you disagree with straight. If you disagree with um, anything I say, just let me know. Because like I said, I mean, uh, nobody ever wants to talk about these things because it's known as a sensitive subject. It's like bringing up religion or politics at a dinner. No, that's what I'll be telling people this all the time. Um, I'll touch on what my parents do after the story. Uh, my parents tell me all the time because they have decent jobs where they work with a bunch of, they work with white people. And the white people they work with aren't used to having black people around in their environment or their space. Where do they work? So anytime you bring up politics or religion, nobody wants to talk about it really. And I was talking to my dad one day and he had said some shit and I like responded. We were just talking about it a little bit. 
And he told me, he was like, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. And I was like 18, 19. And he was like, anytime somebody tells you they don't want to discuss politics or they don't want to discuss religion, they don't want to discuss it because they think that they're holding something back that's going to offend you. That's why they don't want to talk about it with you. And ever since then, every time somebody tells me they don't talk politics or religion, I just sit there and think, like, damn, how is they about to offend me? Yeah, it's funny because you're only going to get offended if you sit there and, you know, you try and argue the whole entire time. See, everybody thinks that when you talk about politics, when you talk about religion, it's going to turn into an argument. Why don't you just stay open-minded and understand that your guys are probably not going to agree at the end of the day, but it doesn't mean anybody should harbor hatred from it. You know what I mean? Here's my thing. My bad, I didn't even mean to cut you off. Oh, go ahead, dude. Here's my thing. When it comes to not even just that, like anything, any issues that – have two conflicting sides. At the age I'm at, at what I know in life now, I'm gonna hear the other person out anyway, even if I completely disagree. I'm then, I'm then old enough, intelligent enough to express to you like, hey, I don't feel that way and I don't support that because of this. But I'm gonna still hear what you gotta say because who's to say I don't learn something in that little 30 second minute exchange or you don't bring up a valid point that I then like use later. So I'm not going to just be like, oh, no, fuck this nigga. He don't know what he's talking about. He got a different view. Like, that's so ignorant to me when people do that. Hey, I'm like, what are y'all arguing over something that's talkable? Yeah, same, same for me. I try and come at everything from an open-minded perspective. I also try and see the other person's perspective as well. If me and you sit here and agree that butter toast is amazing, then it's the end of the conversation. So I always bring up the point not to play devil's advocate, but to bring up the other side's point of view. Well, there's also people that don't like butter toast out there because maybe they have an allergic reaction to butter. Maybe they don't like toast. Maybe they don't like bread. You know, I always like to throw that in there, but it's not to create an argument. It's not just a thing, but it's also to bring up the other side's perspective. Like I can't handle people that do this with their whatever. It's like, okay, but you understand that might be something that they experience through life. That might be a coping mechanism. It's coming from a psychology standpoint where you understand environmental influences that affect onto a person. I don't like when I meet people nowadays and they come up to me with this type of um, like kind of interaction or this kind of interpret I guess your first impression of somebody they go hi I'm Dave I'm a Democrat the fuck you just tell me you're a Democrat when you introduce yourself what happened to your last name hey that shit is crazy let me ask you a little quick question on that before we dive into some hot takes that maybe we disagree on for good conversation um I was just talking about this with my podcast people Paige and Eric the other day we don't know if we're gonna put it on our so this is a good plot spot to talk about does it, you do a podcast a lot. So you have people introduce themselves. You talk to people. I'm sure you go to work, interact with different people, stuff like that. Oh, I, I try not to even somebody? talk. I try not to even talk um, about, like talk to people in my everyday life. Cause it, yeah. I feel like they all give me a false answer half the time, like a default, like autopilot yeah. response. Okay. That's, that's fair. That's reasonable too. Um, if you're talking to somebody and it's your first time meeting them, first impression I'm talking Okay. Would you prefer they give you a nickname or their government? Like, you want their name or you want what they go by? What's I want to know what your professional, I guess, name is, like the one you have at birth. But I also yeah. want to know the one you're called by, too. Like, I've had people where they are like, hey, man, I, 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 you know, I go by this, but I also like to be called this. Okay, well, if you like to be called Ezra rather than, you know, whatever your name is, whatever the one that was given to you at birth, that's fine. I just, I only do it because I title my episode, the person's name. It's so people, and I I tell them, send, send me a picture of yourself because I want people to know the real you. I want people to know that this episode was with you. This was a conversation I had with you, that you're a real fucking person. You're not some made up fantasy person. You're not some person off Reddit named Unicorn Fart 3 who I've had on the podcast and they give me their real name later. It's the thing I, I tell them. It's about taking the time to understand there's people out in this world and it's not hard to communicate with other people. It's not hard to take the time an hour at, 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 the, at the least just to be able to have a conversation. If it goes on longer than that, awesome. It's about taking that stride, but no one wants to do it because everyone feels like it's all an attack. To me, personally, there is nothing I hate more than when I meet somebody and they start off by giving me some bullshit nickname. There's also nothing I hate more than people who nickname themselves. I'm a grown-ass man. So most of the people I interact with are grown-ass adults. 
I don't want you to come up to me and be like, oh, what's up, I'm DJ. And then two days later, I'm hearing someone call you Darrell. And your name is Darrell Clark Lawrence Jr. So now I'm calling you. So I'm like, bro. He's got like, three it, fucking first names for Introduce him. yourself as your actual name. And then we can go from there like, hey, I'm Darrell, but my niggas call me DJ. And it's like, all right, to me, you're DJ. Yeah, well, I mean, technically, I've already technically done that to you because my real name's Robert, but I haven't gone by Robert since I think it's, that's all it has is on my birth certificate. I'm, I've been Robbie my whole life. I mean, if you honestly sit there and call me Robert, I literally will get hairs on the back of my neck that I'll stand up because the only time anybody ever says that to me now is my family when they're yelling at me. Like if I do some bad shit, they're like, Robert, I'm like, oh shit, like get down, get down grenade went off what happened like i'm robbie man that's all that's all it is it's how i've always gone by sometimes you'll say robert and i won't even look and it's just because that's honestly that just sounded better to me i get that i was able to respond to that it was easier i mean everyone on my dad's side starts with either robert or just with an r for their first initial so it's it was difficult to kind of you know if you say robert once you get 30 people looking at you like what (laughs) I I, I like when, like, I I tell people, like, you know, I don't do any research into a person because I like understanding and discovering the person when they come onto my podcast. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to see that unravel because when you listen to it, it's me having a conversation with the first time. I mean, I used to do the first 50, 60 of these in person. Okay. I used to have people just come over my house, people that I knew and also people that I didn't. I mean, so many times I greeted someone at the door like, Hey, what's up, man? Like, Hey, I'm Robbie. How you doing? You know, nice to meet you. Yeah. Let's go up and talk. And they're like, what, you don't, you're going to invite me in your house without even knowing anything about me. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. We'll learn it on the podcast. Next thing I know, I had a good ass podcast. Like it's, that's all it is. You know, that's, it's, it's all about not really, I guess, I mean, it's battle my part. You know, I probably accepted candy from strangers and bands, but hey, if you got peanut butter cups, I'm hopping it. You know, it's, it's, it, it takes a little bit of time kind of to, to be able to understand people, man. So, I mean, you, you said you're interested in politics and you're interested in all this stuff. Are you just interested in how people can act a certain way and be in belief of something and then kind of disregard everyone else's? Um. Oh, fuck, let me get that question one more time, my bad. Yeah, you hop off that phone, brother. Hop oh, off you that phone. Yeah, I, was, I was absolutely checking that. Let me get that question one more time. So when you, you're interested in politics, you're interested in all these other types of things, are you interested just in talking about the concept of where the world is at? Or are you interested in the fact that people are so disregarded of what someone else would say just because they don't believe in what that person believes in? I say a little bit of both. I'll dive deep into like policies and structures and platforms, but then I'll also dive into like how somebody could thank this way or how somebody could support that or why it is that we grew up two houses down the street and you're on a completely different side of the table than I'm on. So all that shit. I'll dive into either of it, honestly. So what types of things about the government or the world that you choose to question? Because I always bring up this point. The government's not the problem. What I think is the problem is people are the problem. See, the the thing is people run the government. So that kind of correlates hand in hand. But the government is what it is. It's red, white, and blue. It's true. But hey, you're talking to a guy that knows a lot about government shit that goes on that a lot of people aren't aware of secret programs, all these type of experimental stuff. But I, I tell them, that's not the government's fault. That's people's fault. You know who runs the government? Corrupted people. My pops is a uh, retired government nuclear, nuclear engineer. My brother's a government engineer. Up in, both of them worked out of Raytheon up in D.C. So I got a good grasp on like government since I was little, just growing up. And it was like certain things Neilan will talk about. My God pops a nuclear engineer right now currently. So like just stuff like that and like seeing how the government moves. The gov- People put all their faith in the government because we're Americans, so home of the free, this and that. And it sounds good, but I don't think most people know how much like behind closed doors, sneak, snake shit the government actually does. Yeah. Well, I've watched like so many documents. Like if they knew like 
this is like some of it is like information you can get if you were just interested in learning it. It's Dude. not like information. You just gotta be interested in learning it. I I've just seen so many like documentaries and articles on credited sources about like fucking Navy SEALs and Army Rangers that we've sent in to like overthrow third world countries, governments and shit like that. Yeah, well, like shit that nobody sees and it's like, yo, like that's what our taxpayer dollars is going to and y'all blindly support it without even knowing what they do. Okay, so I, I, I want to ask you here, what types yeah. of government stuff do you know about? Because you want to talk about government doing a third party interaction or assassination into another country just to take out a leader of another country they had a problem with. Or are you talking about like media? Uh, there's one project I can give, for example, like I know of so many government projects. The funny thing is, if you want to actually find this information, it's open for you to find. Literally, it's not, it's not a conspiracy theory. I I can name off at least twenty different government programs that are on the CIA website that you can literally look up, and it's all there. They just don't popularize it. They don't tell people it's there for them to look up. You got to kind of find that shit on your own. So, yeah. Project Artichoke, for instance, we went over to Guatemala and these types of places, and I think Cuba. And we tried to assassinate a bunch of people. We ended up actually killing a bunch of wrong individuals. But we also had a bunch of planned kind of projects that we did where we would threaten news media sources, B-type celebrities to kind of keep information hidden. We had assassination plans all out. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. So what types of stuff do you know about? Um, I've heard a bunch. Like, I've read deep into a bunch of the, uh, like, government assassination programs in the third well, it's usually like the third world countries that nobody has like on the map and cares about. There's been a ton that took place like down in Africa and shit that like people just Project don't Diversion. Project and that's because like I look into those ones because I'm an African-American citizen in the first place. So I look into those ones when I be hearing shit from like some people who are like more in tune in it than me. So I like plug in and see what's going on. I'm like, yo, like y'all don't y'all support this and y'all unwillingly throw your money to whatever party y'all support. I don't care which one it is. But none of y'all want to read the article that was like at the very, very bottom of CNN about how they went into Africa and threatened this whole country that they were going to stop supplying them with food because that's what they're supplying them if they don't vote this way in the election for what they want that country to vote. You like, and we do this shit regularly in small countries we can bully. Yeah, you want to know what they did even worse in Africa that no one ever talks about? And it wasn't just the American government. It was also the Australian government, the, the British government. You know what they did? What's up? There's a project you should look up called Project Diversion. Now, what they used to do is, I don't know if you're too familiar with Project Diversion, but they went over into Africa. And if they couldn't, if you were gay and they couldn't make, like say you're a guy and you liked another guy, if they couldn't make you not gay anymore, they would change your sex. They would fucking change your sex, forcibly make you change your sex. So then you were straight. Technically, if you were a guy that liked another guy, they would change your sex into a woman and then you would be straight. Technically. How's how you want to know some messed up shit, that shit that went down. You want to talk about the ski syphilis experiments. You want to talk about yeah. the Guatemalan syphilis experiments. See what's fascinating about government experimentation or government projects is it's very, very easy to experiment and do stuff to people that don't look anything like you. Oh, absolutely. People who don't look anything out you like you and the people who don't have the, media outlets to make it public. So that's where it becomes the small, foreign, impoverished country. They can really go, they can and they do go over there and do whatever the fuck they want. And nobody really finds out because nobody really wants to know nor cares. Well, nobody wants to find out that secret. It's the same thing with Area 51. If, if they actually found aliens at Area 51, and they actually like if it, I just said the whole situation that happened with Area 51, all these people and all these threats of, you know, going to get shot if you try to break into Area 51. Yeah. I said, if you just charge 50 bucks a head to break into Area 50 or to just walk into Area 51, see the shit, you're going to get the people that are going to walk out like I fucking knew it. And then you're going to get the people that are like, I didn't want to see that. Well, they yeah. fucking were hiding it for a reason. That was kind of the point. You wanted to push the envelope. The thing is, we want to chase the mystery. But once we've discovered the mystery, we feel like not complete. We feel like there's an empty void now. We don't know what to do with our lives. This is this, like, it's, it's fascinating. The worst part about this Area 51 shit now 
is everyone wants to hop on the Area 51 shit because it's like cool. It's a meme. It's like popular. It's the popular thing to do now. Oh, we're going to charge Area 51. We're going to charge Area 51. People have been looking into this for years. And I remember like three, four years ago when I first started to figure out like, yo, Area 51, they be on some kind of nut shit out there and nobody really regulates it. And there's a reason that it's so heavily protected and nobody, like almost nobody has access out there. But now that everyone made it popular, it's like almost, it's not even worth talking about nowadays, it feels like, cause it's like, damn, y'all ruined it now. Cause y'all don't even like know anything about it. You're all just like, oh, there's aliens there. Cause I saw it on Twitter. We're going to charge Area 51. So they ruined that. But well, my, like I said, like my parents and shit and my godparents, my, they do a lot of fucking high tech fucking uh, defense contracts for the government here and there. You can talk on it cause they talking. It's nothing crazy. I don't know the ins and outs of the contracts. But the thing that I've noticed since I was little that blows my mind, they'll all, like, ever since I was little, my dad and my god pops, they'll go on, like, a week or two business trips six, seven, eight times a year to fucking Arizona, New Mexico, the bottom of Alabama. And it's always, like, the most empty places in America. I'm Oklahoma. And I'm like, the fuck are y'all doing out there in so many of these random government facilities? We're growing and he told me one time the spot he was going in Oklahoma. And I remember I was like 13 years old and me and my friends Googled that shit. And they had like a population of like 1,100 people. And I was like, why the fuck the government got a facility down there with just 1,100 people? Because it's probably in the absolute middle of nowhere and they can do whatever they want. Bro. There's a there's a literally a program in the CIA. There's it's it gets funded five hundred million dollars a year, and there's only five people working there. And you know what it's called? What's it called? The Center for Existential Risk. Do you know what that means? What would that mean? It's basically like a threat to humanity, but it's basically it's a five guys monitoring if Skynet's going to happen. They pay attention to every single technological advancement, anything that would even try and incapacitate the human race. And they make sure that they're aware if that happens. I'm like, so my faith in if machines are going to take over the world or is in the hands of five guys who get funded $500 million a year at a, at a place. Like I have to make sure one of those guys doesn't fuck up to the point where Terminator becomes a thing. That's a thing that America is afraid of. And that's where we send our tax dollars and nobody tracks this shit. It's crazy because when I first, like two years ago, I first got on this kick and I was like, damn, everybody got to pay taxes. If you're going to pay taxes, you're not going to avoid taxes. The IRS going to eventually get you if you don't pay taxes. And then I was like, but the crazy thing is like, Outside of like your local taxes that you know go to like the roads and the fucking interstates and public schools, and in some places, churches, you can get like government funded churches in some places. So, like, outside of those things, where do our tax dollars go? And you couldn't track where like your national tax dollars go. We just throw them a bunch of money and we're like, all right, do what y'all want with it. And that's what they do. And you don't question when the president's wearing a new roll, a Rolex. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Literally. Where the fuck did... Well, Trump probably bought his own, to be honest with you. But hey, let's... You know, it's a whole different thing. See, I think when people look at the president, they go, oh, nobody ever does it right. And nobody ever does do it right. Nobody... You're putting too much reliance... You're putting too much reliance in one person. And it seems like every... like. Obama, for instance, people want to shit on Obama. Don't, don't, don't do that. Nobody can do the job of being the president right. You can't have one guy running a, a nation of people. But also, it seems like any president that gets appointed now is just fixing the mistakes of the one before him. You know, does, yes, does, or whatever their party deems was a mistake. Yeah, exactly. A lot of undoing what we just did to then redo it for eight years later. It's, it's kind of doomed. We're in a society that's willing to, like, have you ever heard of Operation Paperclip? Nah, what is that? Okay, so when I say human experimentation, what's the first group of people you think of when I say that? When you say human experimentation, what's the first group of people I think of? Yeah, exactly. Human experimentation. It's a very, very popular group. You learned about them in history class. Damn, the first one that was going to come to me is the Jews. So which one came to you? Okay, the Jews, you're not wrong. Um, The Jews aren't the ones, they were the ones that were experimented on, but who was the people doing the experiments? 
Oh, white people. The rich whites. What the fuck are we talking about? Nazis, bro. Oh. You're like rich whites. Oh, like, you're talking like global, global. That's okay. what I'm talking about. That's When I say human experiment. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I would, it's the Nazis who are doing it to the Jews. Yeah. Okay, well, nobody talks about the worst ones that were way, 10 times worse than the Nazis. Do you even know who these people were? Who were 10 times worse than the Nazis? Yeah. <sighs> Give me a time frame in history. Uh, it's the same time period. Same time period. Okay, so there was a place in Japan. Um, they were they were known as the. They had a really fucking sketchy name for what they were doing, but they were called the Biomedical Tissue Services of Japan. Okay, now mm-hmm. what they used to do is the, the the group is also you can look these people up. They're called Unit Seven Thirty One, led by Iro. I think it's Hiro Ishii. Um, he this these people. Have you ever seen the movie Snowpiercer? Nah. Okay, um, what they would do is they do some pretty sick shit. They would do a lot. They would give people vivisections. I don't know if you know what vivisections are. I do not. What is a vivisection? They, they cut you from the bottom up, and uh, it's like a surgery thing. It's more like experimentation. You do it to a dead body, but uh, they would do it to people that were alive. They would cut you from the bottom up, and they would time you and see how long it took for you to bleed out. So you'd be alive getting your whole self cut in half and um they would take people's arms off sew it to the other side of their body no anesthetics none of those things that null the pain and they would clock it they would time it and see how long it took you know if you would live or not they used to call people logs and they used to call their torture camp or their enslavement camp the logging camp the sawmill people were known as logs so if you read any of their documents that they have any type of time they refer to people as logs they're talking about people they're not talking about just logging um that's it's all recorded stuff but these people were 10 times worse than the nazis the weird thing was operation paperclip is when we won the war it wasn't just us it was a bunch of other people as well it was russia it was all these people coming together because they realized that this small little country was going to take over the world now, they had information, whether it was biomedical, whether it was chemical, whether it was space technology, that was 20 years past everyone. Germany had all this stuff. They had a weapon for bubonic plague, shit we couldn't even think of. Yeah. So what we did was we all invaded and we won the war. What happens was we all had to split up all the information. So what we did was we looked at their research and we said, Instead of us going out and doing this on another country, they have all the research for us. So maybe we can grant some of these people immunity if they gave us their research. Led into the Nuremberg trials. The Nuremberg trials are around 32 scientists and doctors in the Nazi program that were split up and given kind of, I guess, I, I guess, what is it? Um, where someone gets kind of forgiven for their crimes. Um, Forgot what it's, um, it's it's like a let's call it a, let's say it's a pass okay we give them yeah, we, give, works. we give them a pass based on oh we're going to use your research and if you do anything bad against the country again or against any type of thing that you're gonna you're gonna get suffered for it so all these nazi scientists that experimented on humans and all these things and did all these sick shit you consider they gave them a pass on those things so we split them up operation paperclip was literally that we had paperclips folders attached to scientist shirts that would tell us what research department they dealt with and the thing is we had a limited amount of scientists and we all had to split them up between three groups we had to split them up it was america russia and china China took the bio, the biomedical people, the types that did experimenting with weapons and type of chemical warfare. Um, Russia took the chemical kind of more of like, well, no, I think it's, yeah, China took chemical, Russia took bio, um, like kind of biochemical, which is more about like the biological stuff in the body, which eventually we led in America called, um, you ever seen the movie Men Who Stare at Goats? I have not. Um, it's a movie. We it's pretty good. It's with George Clooney in it. But um, that happened an hour and a half away from where I at, where they were using government soldiers to do remote viewing and all these type of creating psychic warriors, literally. Well, we found out that because Russia was doing it, so we thought, hey, we might as well try and maybe they're onto something. And we, it turns out Russia was like, it's bullshit. Just stop it. 
Um, but we didn't know that because all our information was kind of by like a, a really bad source. So they got this all from the Nazis. All right. You know, our whole entire space program is funded by Nazi design. I believe it. Our, our little, that little white NASA ship you see, that's yeah. made by Warner Von Braun, one of the head scientists in the Nazi eugenics program. Yeah, I absolutely believe it. Yeah. So actually, Unit 731, they actually had a planned attack. Um, about six months after um, Pearl Harbor, they had a planned attack to basically annihilate America. They were going to launch a submarine off the coast of San Diego. And they, this, this sub had six bombs in it. This bo- these bombs were filled with 150 million fleas and basically little bugs that were filled with the bubonic plague. Do you know how hard it is to kill a fucking flea? Yeah. Okay. Now imagine that hitting San Diego and spreading. It's going to wipe out all of America. They got all that resources and information from the Nazis. The only reason we're not living in China or this type of Japanese run culture here is because we ended up bombing them so hard. They gave up before their planned mission. We just, we basically zigged when we should, or we, we basically zigged when we should have zigged and we didn't zag. That's what happened. Now, There's so much shit that the government has that is information for people to know that if you even bothered to look up, it would change your perspective on everything. It doesn't discredit the government. It lets you know that people are running us. We're living our life by people. What someone says goes. If that doesn't make you want to question anything or even just want to know the research and just be more aware of the situation, then I don't know what shell you're living in yeah all of that is because at some point you decided you wanted you were interested and you wanted to learn about it or you came upon something that piqued your interest and you want to learn more and that was you on your own. This isn't shit they're going to tell you in school. There's shit no one's going to tell you to look into, really. I had to do all the research on MK Ultra. All this shit people yeah. consider a conspiracy theory. I was like, okay, this can't be real. There's no way any government or whatever could do this. And I looked it up and I was like, holy shit, it's on their website. <laughs> well, it's fucking information for us to know about. And it's just blacked out in articles. The names of people are blacked out. And I'm like, do you? With a little touch on cons- – wait, finish what you're saying? Oh, I was like, it's it's all there. It's just blacked out it's the name. Um, with that touch on conspiracy, do you buy into any conspiracy theories? Because to me, a conspiracy theory is just shit that enough people believe in that the government really doesn't want you to be on to. Because when you say conspiracy theories, people are like, oh, you're weird as shit. I'm like, bro, look into some of that shit, and you're going to think a little different. Well, conspiracy theories, everyone thinks it's stuff to do with the government, but there's also other conspiracy theories out there that not saying I believe, but I can understand where someone's perspective would. They believe that they believed at one point there was a hollow earth where there was an inside. um, The earth was just hollow. There was nothing in there. And that was just coming from a standpoint of people that had never truly explored deep, deep, deep down into these caverns that go miles and miles underneath the earth Um, Mm -hmm. with flat earth. They talk about all this stuff. That can be true because the Apollo space mission that everyone thinks we landed on the moon and all this stuff, in my belief of it and from my research and understanding of it, I honestly don't think we landed there when we said we landed there. I also do not think that. I think it was a little bit of a propaganda act. It was more like, hey, we made it to the moon, so you don't have to try and go to the moon anymore. Then Russia's like, fuck, they made it to we the moon. We beat the Russians, and it's like, fuck you, we won. Like, but then we ended up going later. Is that is that to say that's a wrong thing? Some people go, no, that's we made it to the moon. We made it to the moon. Okay, but I'm saying, if you throw that in there, can you see where that could be a possibility with knowing a lot of the shit the government does? And they just sit there and go, yeah, but it's not true. Yeah, but you can still see it right you can still see that side of it they're like yeah i'm like that's all i'm only throwing in there that's all i'm doing yeah um fuck 
it's a, it's a lot of stuff, especially when you talk about things like this. It, it's hard not to get drained from it because you never want to believe the people that are supposed to help you out and supposed to be a sense of, I guess, authority and supposed to be good structured and kind of like, oh, it's the government. They're supposed to be good for you. And now when you talk about the government, it's like, oh, shit, you mean the government, the one that's spying on us? Well, <laughs> what do you expect? It's run by corrupted people. Yeah. It's it, it's all about, like I said, if they had more people that were running the government that actually cared about people rather than caring about getting themselves rich, you'd have a whole different understanding of what it would be. You would. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, dude, I know it wasn't easy being able to do a podcast like this, and I'm pretty sure you probably hell weren't expecting it from the way out of left field, man, but. I, at least I appreciate you taking the time to be on, dude, because, I mean, it was awesome being able to talk to you. Oh, for sure. This was a good conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm hoping to get the rest of you guys on there. I kind of want to give you here a minute at the end to um, promote your content, too, so people can follow your awesome stuff. Oh, good shit. Um, follow, I'm a one-third member of Porch Talk. Follow us on Instagram at Porch Talk, no A, P-O-R-C-H-T-L-K. Follow us there at Porch Talk. Follow my own personal account again. Put it at the top. I'll put it at the end. Easy underscore tell them. E-A-S-Y underscore T-E-L-L-E-M. Or hit the kid on Snapchat. Easy tell them no underscore. Uh, like we've talked about a little bit here and there. The podcast is really just us shooting the shit. Talking about any and everything that comes from sports to movies to politics to dating protocol to sex. Anything that comes up in the week, we talk about it. It's a good time. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast, man. It was awesome talking to you and stay tuned.